0: Wow, welcome to the channel guys. I am so excited to be here with y'all, listening with y'all, learning from y'all. I wanna welcome everyone to our channel, A Toast of Film. I'm Trey, this is my best buddy Ebo, and we are uh, just excited to get things started from ya. Uh, Eddie, why don't you tell us some things we can be expecting.
1: So, on today's episode, we're going to be going over a few different things. We actually went and saw a movie tonight. Did you think we'd get back into the movies, Trey? I did not know when this was time was going to come. <laughs> so, we're going to be going over our experience, what we saw, and then, speaking of movies, there's trailers. Yes. And speaking of trailers, a certain trailer called... "Who The Batman. ...dropped. So, we're going to give you our little insights on that. And I actually went and saw Words on Bathroom Walls. Big release of the weekend, so I'm going to be going over that on a solo Mm mini-review. And then, Trey, we're going to be ending this episode the way we'll end every episode, with...
0: A list! The one thing I want everyone to know about us, Eddie and I love lists. It's our passion. Who doesn't love a good list? So y'all can always expect a good, interesting, fresh list at the end of every episode. And feel free to send us lists. We, we definitely don't want to just be one-dimensional. We want to be very interactive with y'all. And, you know, speaking of they can always expect a list, Trey, at
1: the end of the episodes, let's kind of give them some insight on who we are and what they
0: can expect from this show. Yeah. So, my name is Trey Brooks. I'm about to cross 30. Uh, it's very sad times for me, but, you know, we we all have to go through it. Just bear with me. <laughs> I guess the most important thing to know about me is... The obvious, my passion for for movies. I have been a movie lover, a movie watcher since I was a child. I grew up, like most of us, going to the movie galleries and blockbusters that it just seems like a thing of the past now. And a little fun fact, uh, where I met this best bud of mine right here is, uh, Movie stop. We got a chance to work together. Rest in peace. I know. Sad times, man. Sad times. We were really passionate about this, uh, just like we have been for years, and uh, we wanted to start this and and join our movie patriots out there. And
1: I'm Ebo. I'm the
0: second fiddle to this Greek god over here.
1: (laughs) And I... Have been obsessed with movies ever since I about burned out my VHS <laughs> rewinder. Kids, ask your parent if you don't know what a VHS rewinder is. <laughs> you actually used to have to take the darn thing out, yep. put it in a little thing, and it would rewind it for you. Exactly. You know, be kind, rewind. Yep. But my whole life, I've been very passionate about movies. And it's gotten to a point where, you know, I've watched movies being filmed and. Where everyone else was trying to meet the stars, I was trying to see the inner workings. I was trying to take details of Need for Speed. Yes. I saw Need for Speed being filmed. Yep. And one thing that I thought was amazing was that the cars, they had three cars. One was a stunt car. One was half a car. And then the other one had a camera mount built in. So depending on what they need the car for, they had that. Oh, and that's interesting. So I've just had this yearning to t- for movie knowledge all through my life. And we would be sitting outside movies after we go see them. And we would just sit there for hours just talking about the movie. Mm-hmm. And so we figure, why not make a show each week where we go over movies? And just try and share our love and our knowledge with the rest of y'all. And speaking of that, we actually
0: went and saw a movie today, which I didn't think would happen again. (laughs) Yeah, I can agree with you. Uh, We saw my number one favorite movie of all time, Inception, back on the big screen after 10 years. It was almost surreal when I was there watching it. I mean, I honestly couldn't believe it, but... What I couldn't believe more was the fact we were walking into a theater that I personally haven't been in in six months. Eddie, how long has it been since you've been in there? For
1: me, it was five months, because I went right around my birthday in March. Mm. It was just surreal because there's so many less people, and they have rows marked off to separate people, Yeah, and we have masks on, but once we sat down, even though we were seeing that piece of trash, <laughs> oh, I hate you for this. One thing you'll learn on this show is we like to give each other grief the entire episode. But um, once we sat down, I forgot there was a pandemic. I agree. Just being in that theater, in the one place that we can just sit there and the rest of the world disappears.
0: Where we can just truly be entertained, closed off to the reality of the world, and enjoy two to two and a half hours or never ending like with Inception oh no of just pure enjoyment without getting uh, getting hit with the reality on what everyone's been having to go through it was nice I will say it's
1: been a decade since I've seen the movie and I did take to it better this time
0: Eddie has always given me grief about Inception guys I know there's some you know some people who don't like it out there but uh, you know what I, I just it, it clicks for me I love the movie he won, Leo should have won an Oscar I just want to throw that out there But, you know, one thing that Trey and I can agree on
1: wholeheartedly Mm. is one of the best parts of the movie theater experience is the trailer. Yes. And it just so happens that a big trailer was dropped. Y'all might have heard of it. It's called The Batman. And so let us give you our little insights on The Batman,
0: Mr. Wayne. Do you want to start us off? Where do I begin? I mean, I have probably watched that trailer... 13 times it I can also say it's one of the best trailers I've seen this year it gets me excited so excited for a movie and I can't remember the last time a trailer's really done that where I just want to watch it over and over and over again first off I think Robert Pattinson is going to crush it as Batman I, not that Ben Affleck didn't do a good job but Robert Pattinson there's something about his performance just in the trailer He's got almost, to me, Eddie, he's got an emptiness in his eyes. where can see that. You know, this is supposed to kind of take place around year one, Batman. Mm-hmm. So he's learning the ropes. But he really does, you know, when he says in the trailer, I'm vengeance, he looks vengeful in his eyes. He looks like there's a mission and he'll he'll stop at nothing to complete it. I don't know. I, it's the only Batman I can honestly say that his eyes tell a story. And the whole trailer, it kind of
1: gives you not a dystopian, but a disdain. Mm. Everybody seems they just have a lack of care for the world. Mm-hmm. And so even though Robert Pattinson is going to be going about trying to save Gotham, it really gives you that feel that Gotham is just this hopeless, endless place. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I just I love the score. Yes, the song choice I thought cool. was perfect. They marketed it
0: perfectly.
1: And after he knocks out that dude, and we oh. see that car.
0: Oh man,
1: I dare say it could be my favorite Batmobile because oh, man. it to me is the most realistic. Yeah, like it's not as showy. It's not as comic booky. Yeah, but that
0: looks like something that you could have in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the Christopher Nolan Batman's, I could see the, you know, the Batmobile being a tank. Yeah. But I could also see this one. This one is built like a tank. It's a little sleeker, you know. This one looks like a supertest car. Yeah, absolutely. And let's, you know, Eddie, you, you hit it perfectly. Let's talk about when uh Batman was beating that one guy to a pulp. Mm-hmm. You felt that. You felt every punch that he landed. And it goes back to this Batman, where Robert Pattinson has a look in his eyes, he's he's gonna stop at nothing. He's not gonna let any man get in his way. I mean, he'll practically just beat them from an inch to their life, you know, mm-hmm.
1: um,
0: to get where he needs to go. And y- you could feel that with just that one scene in the movie. And what I love about that one scene is the fact that this is
1: one of a few times where they make it seem like present day. Yes. Like, when you see the Christian Bale Batman, mm-hmm. you know it's present time. Right. But you don't truly feel it, and then you have, like, you know, you're Ben Affleck. Yes. And you know it's present time, but you don't truly feel it. But this one, like, you got these dudes standing around, and you got the one guy with his camera phone recording. Yeah. Like, that instantly, you're like, okay, this may seem gritty, mm-hmm. but it
0: is our time. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to bring another point about the Batman, and that is who's directing it, Matt Reeves. Let's let's dive into him a little bit. So Matt Reeves, I could honestly say this, he has directed one of the silent best possible trilogies out there with the Planet of the Apes trilogies. I mean, it I don't even know where to begin. It was so well-filmed, well-shot, well-acted, And the trilogy had a perfect beginning and a perfect ending. But you don't hear the love for the Planet of the Apes trilogy like you do other trilogies. Is that fair to say? It's fair to say. And it's weird because if you go by ratings, that's one of the highest rated trilogies. Yeah. I mean, they Rotten Tomatoes just rate them so high. Every single one of them, I think the lowest one got like a 77. But you have like... Back to Future,
1: people always talk about. Yeah, you know your Toy Story, people always talk about. Yeah, it's like only the year when the third one came out. Yeah, did people talk about it? Yeah, because I'm not gonna lie, I haven't heard anyone talk about it since. I
0: haven't either. You just don't hear about Planet of the Apes come up in conversation. You know, I mean, even though the acting was fantastic, the CG. Can we talk about the CG?
1: Yes. Andy Serkis was
0: incredible. His commitment to that performance as Caesar was was fantastic. But let's let's go beyond Planet of the Apes. We also know Matt Reeves did Cloverfield, which started a franchise. He created something so well-known. Unlike Planet of the Apes, I feel like, everyone talks about Cloverfield. In the sci-fi community. Mm-hmm. And we also know people like James Wan. They are franchise starters. He, he started Saul. He came up with that idea, and it took off. He came up with The Conjuring, and The Conjuring's fantastic, and he's about to... Finish the third one. I think it should come out you know next year, hopefully. Aquaman. Aquaman. Matt Reeves is one of those directors that's hidden that comes out with great material, such as Cloverfield, which they've made you know a couple since then that were also both I think very well received, and um, then of course the Planet of the Apes. He's doing some good stuff, and then of course Let Me In, which I personally uh, enjoyed. I know. I know Ebo over here didn't really like it, but... I I didn't care for it. You liked the original. Let the right I like one the, I liked Let the Right One In better, mm. but I personally don't care for either too highly. Gotcha. But yes, I mean, overall, you know, just getting back to Batman, when you've got someone as talented as Matt Reeves behind the director's chair, and then you got very talented actors, you know, with Robert Pattinson, Colin Farrell, who you... Cannot even recognize as a penguin. It blows my mind. He's the guy in the rain. Yes. You would never know. Paul Dano as the Riddler, which could be the best casting of a person of all time, in my opinion. I think that the Paul Dano,
1: everyone is Mm. sleeping on him being cast because Paul Dano is a fantastic actor.
0: Fantastic.
1: But even more so than being a fantastic actor, Paul Dano is good at being crazy yeah. Or almost kind of like that weird sliminess to yeah. him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm Real interested... Real conniving. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm interested to see what he can bring as Riddler. I feel like this Batman has some of the best potential since the original Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. I mean, to me, that's still one of the best perceptions of Batman in a, in a long time. It was... Grounded brought to earth really well. Christopher Nolan obviously one of my favorites. But this one really does have some potential. And as we know with Matt Reeves, he's he's a trilogy guy. So I don't think this is going to stop here. I think I think it's going to be very well received. People are really going to like it. Patterson um Pattinson's bringing back um you know the eyeliner for Batman which is uh, which got me excited. Huge. Yeah. So I just I'm expecting really good things from the Batman. I'm I can honestly tell you I haven't been this excited and this pumped for a trailer in a long time. But the real question
1: is, and hopefully this will get answered in the second trailer, is if we're going to have a scene where he says Martha. (laughs) Because I think that will really sell the movie. Oh, no.
0: Please, please. Trey, we need
1: a scene where he
0: says Martha. No, we we have learned our lesson uh, from Donna Justice that Martha no no one needs to be talking about martha and and their mothers in this movie well you know speaking
1: of mothers and since you don't want to talk about martha <laughs> how about i tell you about a certain other word and that's words on bathroom walls oh okay one of the major releases of this weekend it was either that or go see russell crow running over people uh
0: you know yeah that's a that's a tall that's a tall sub.
1: And so, Words on Bathroom Walls. It was directed by Thor Freudenthal. Ooh. That is quite the name.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm I hope I you said, said that
1: even somewhat correctly. <laughs> so, I'm glad I didn't look at his credentials before seeing this movie. So, Trey, let me tell you the two big movies he's known for okay. before this. First movie is the original Diary of Wimpy Kid movie, which. Mm. I was a little too old, never read the books, didn't know nothing about that, never yeah. even saw the movie yeah. to this date. And then he made the second Percy Jackson movie, which wow. I thought was a major step down from that first movie.
0: Oh, man, yeah.
1: But, Words on Bathroom Walls, it's the latest of this new YA craze. Okay. So, you know, we had our dystopians, like Hunger Games. And Maze
0: Runner. Maze
1: Runner, Divergent. Yep. And then, you know, we kind of had our sci-fis where you got like Twilight and The Host. Yep. And then we had where people are have like a physical ailment, like five feet apart right. and The Fault in Our Stars. Yes. And so now... They really
0: they, ran with that one for a while.
1: They did. And so now they have went from physical to a mental or emotional ailment. Okay. Because earlier this year, we had the movie All the Bright Places. Okay. That came out. Great movie. Mm -mm. And now, with this one, our main character is portrayed by Charlie Plummer. He plays Adam. And Adam has schizophrenia. Okay. So, you know, high school's not tough enough. Yeah. Now, you have to see people. You have to hear voices. You know, he'll see, like. All these dark clouds appear and, you know, his mind can't separate that these people he's seeing, these voices he's hearing, these visuals he's seeing are not real. Mm. So, which leads him to have to go to a new school, as you know. All high school movies yes. like to do. A good old trope. Yep. You gotta go to the new school, be the new yeah, kid. Yeah, gotta
0: be the new kid that gets picked on.
1: And so, when he's there, he, he starts to fall for Taylor Russell. Okay. Who plays Maya. And that was our girl from Escape Room. Ah. Which we think is a very unfairly maligned movie.
0: Yes, and great actress. Great I mean, actress. She is very talented any role she's played in, you you believe her performance, which is important.
1: And she is a true leading actress in this movie. When she's on screen, she steals a lot of the scene. That's good. And that's good. fun fact, she is actually reunited with someone from Lost in Space. Mm. So her mom on Lost in Space plays Adam's mom on this, ah. and that's Molly Parker.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: So a little bit reunite, so that's kind of cool. But one of the great things about this movie is the three people Adam sees. He has this one character he sees who's kind of like a player. Yeah. Like he always has his bathroom open and he has his boxers on and he's just this real like cool suave guy who is supposed to represent his unfiltered thoughts. Okay. I thought he was okay. But the two that kill it, one of them is the bouncer. Ah. It's this big dude. He's got a bat. And he's like, he protects Adam Ah. from some of the darker visuals. Okay. And I thought he was pretty funny. Some of the stuff he would do where, like, somebody walks up and, you know, he's threatening him with a bat. And Adam's like, no, no, no. You know, I thought they did some good visuals with that.
0: That is interesting. Okay.
1: But here's the interesting thing. So his other, his third person he sees who's like the beautiful girl who's very zen to kind of relax him, is Anna Sophia Robb, which on the IMDb page, she is the top-billed person. Interesting. Even though she's I would say be generous and say maybe she's in a fifth of the movie. Oh, wow. But she's top-billed. And if you don't know who that is, she uh, probably broke your heart as a child, or in your younger years, on Bridge to Terabithia, oh, when that rope broke, yes, that was that a heart-breaker.
0: was her, definitely heartbreaking. And
1: she also um, played Bethany Hamilton in Soul Surfer. Ah, that's the same
0: girl. That's right. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: And I will say, when she's on scene, she steals it because her Zen character is it just has so much personality. So much just scene ability. I'm trying to find a hard, you know, way to describe it, but she just is a bright spot on the A scene.
0: genuine spot. on
1: Yeah, there. and she does some really funny stuff when she's trying to calm him down. But so Charlie Plummer, you know, let's get back to the main person, Charlie mm-hmm. Plummer, Adam. He does a really good job of selling you know, how difficult it is to live with this illness. Gotcha. And that's what I liked about this movie, is they got the little romancy stuff, you know, that people like me go <laughs> and sit in the theater and cry, which I did. <laughs> but in this movie, they're not
0: afraid to show how dark this is. Which is good, because you, you do want the viewers to understand the trouble people deal with With schizophrenia.
1: And it gets rough at times. Like, there's times where he's trying a medication and it shows some of the side effects. Ah. And where he has to choose between dealing with all, you know, those voices and visuals and all that or having some really awful side effects. Yeah. Which road you want to go down? The one with barbed wire or the one with wasp? Yeah, exactly. And he conveys that in a really great way where you really are empathetic for him.
0: That's interesting. Okay.
1: But I also like that they throw in some things like there's a scene where he's on a bus and there's a guy who has just been left on the street essentially. Okay. And he has schizophrenia. But he's way way far gone to the illness. And that was interesting to me because you have Adam who's trying to deal with it. He's trying to, you know, hook up with this girl he likes. And he has to come face to face that that could potentially become him. Mm. And so I think they do some really good things in here. There's a lot of cool visuals.
0: I haven't seen the movie. Mm -hmm. But you have partially sold me on it. Just for the fact that the one thing I, I don't want to say hate about YA films, but I'm turned off towards them, is the lack of maturity. You know, it's very, I don't want to, you know, abuse this word, but it is very teeny boppy. Mm -hmm. So it's hard, you know, when we get older to relate, but I'm appreciating what you're telling me about this movie because it has a sense of maturity, a a sense of, you know, of a a deeper, more thought-provoking tone. Um, that a wider audience can, you know, understand and appreciate. So, you know, you might have sold me on on watching it.
1: Well, let me tell you two things, mm. okay. And this one is going to break your heart a little bit. Okay. And one is what I'm telling people is the like major point to see. <laughs> is it, do we need to throw out spoiler alert or is this no, no spoilers? not spoiler? Okay. So. One thing that you'll be sad about, so I think one of the most underutilized characters, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, this person does serve their purpose, Okay. but I think they're underutilized because we know what a great actor he is, and that's Walton Goggins. Oh, wow, yeah. He plays... I didn't even know he was in the movie. He gets with Molly Parker, Adam's mom...
0: Ah, okay. And
1: becomes like a, you know, kind of stepdad. Yeah. And I just think, I see what they do with his character because it comes to a point where you find out like why he was here. But I personally feel for somebody of that caliber, they could have done a little more with him. Okay. Okay. But let me tell you who gets to shine in this movie, <laughs> and that is Andy Garcia as Father Patrick.
0: Oh man, Andy Garcia, you gotta love the guy.
1: So he, we are introduced to him as you know Father Patrick, and he is in a confession box. Okay. And Charlie, uh, Charlie Plummer, Adam goes in there, and he, you know, he's just kind of talking to him. Yeah. And Father Patrick's, you know, just talking with him. Almost like, even though he has walking gongans, he doesn't look to him for anything. Okay. So this kind of starts to become a father figure for him. Oh. You know, at the beginning of the movie, his dad ran out because he couldn't deal with Adam having the mental illness. Gotcha. Father Patrick. And what I like about it is he, through all the scenes we get of him in the confession box, and then the scenes where he's you know out and about Father Patrick he is a man of the cloth but they humanize him
0: oh that's good
1: like there's a part where Adam is talking about you know oh I like this girl like you know what should I do should I talk to her should I ask her out and he just like looks at the ceiling and throws his hands up (laughs) which you know Adam can't see but I love that scene because it's like He's doing this for these kids. Yes. But he's just like always, why is it always <laughs> there's a girl I want to talk to? Oh, why don't I love they just that. talk to the girls? <laughs> and he really is one of the biggest hearts of the movie. Okay. Because he truly does care about helping people. Okay. And he even will mention like Some people just come in, they say their confessions, and he tells them, you know, say three Hail Marys and you're absolved. Right. But then with people like Adam, he really does talk to them just like your dad. Yeah. Like, he sits there and he gives you some really heartfelt advice, and I think he is the strongest part of the movie. I think everybody was great, even... Though, Walton Goggins, very underutilized. Okay. But, overall, I think everybody was great in the movie. I thought, this is one of the things we need if they're going to be branding these YA movies. Yeah. we need something like this, where the person is very mature, like you said. Yes. But, also, it gives you that little, like,
0: kind of teen boppy moments. Which, you know, you will still need to hit your target audience. You know, you are going to need that. What, am I not the target? Well, you know, um, yeah, I know you, I know you like a good cry in the movies, you know. Just saying, opening night, I was there. <laughs> Your <Yeah>, boy. <laughs> but overall,
1: I would give this a four out of five stars. Okay. I thought they got their message across. I thought that it was very enlightening about people dealing with a mental illness. Mm. And overall, I just think that there is a lot of heart both put into the film and both shown on screen.
0: Okay. Well, you know, that's that's good. I, I will say you you have started to sell me on it. But I'll tell you what, for the viewers out there, since we're talking about two movies we want to see in theaters recently, let's talk about how we feel theaters are doing, how mm-hmm. they're doing, you know, with COVID and staying up to code. And how safe and healthy you felt in it.
1: I agree with you. But before that, we got to talk. So here at A Toast to Film, we have our name because every week we'll be providing you with a review. Yeah. Typically, it'll be both myself and Trey. Yes. But we'll also be reviewing a brew.
0: Absolutely. And this
1: week, with it being the first episode, we thought, what better when you're being... Introduced to your two favorite buds on the airwaves, Absol- yeah, absolutely, yep. Then a Budweiser, ah, you know it's kind of punny, but we just thought it was very fitting for the first episode because you know we are buds in real life, yep, and we want to be buds with all y'all.
0: Yes, absolutely. And let me tell you what Budweiser. It, this is also a very underrated Ooh. beer. You it's know, not it, bad. Got a lot of body. You know, it's got that, kind of got that Bud Light taste, but, you know, if you're not wanting to just pound, you know, 30 beers, oh, God. And then, you know, drink a Boba's, you fill up way quicker, you know? Yeah, and we definitely don't need to pound 30 beers, you know.
1: During the week, we're bankers, so, yeah. you know, we gotta make sure those deposits are done correctly. <laughs> <laughs> but, in terms of the theater, I will say, I personally... I felt safe the whole time. I agree. And I felt safe because everybody was cool. You didn't have nobody, you know, showing their ass. Right. Like, this wasn't like a Walmart street fight. Right. You know, everybody was wearing their mask. Everybody was spaced out. And the theater
0: just felt clean. It, It did. I'm... I'm going to bring a couple points across for those who haven't gone back to a theater yet. The theater did feel clean, to mm-hmm. add to your point. I, I, did, I did not feel at any point at risk. Everyone was respectful of the code, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, while we were watching Inception, everyone was wearing their master in the movie. I mean... Hardly anyone took their mask off besides eating, you know, popcorn or taking a sip of their drink. Trey, you can just say, I was stuffing my face with popcorn (laughs) and I'm not sorry. (laughs) I was six feet away. We we were six feet away. And I think what's important to add is that just like airlines right now, the theaters are going to be a work in progress Mm -hmm. and it's going to be a slow start. When we went, it was a Sunday, which any other time, Saturdays and Sundays are a big time for theaters. Oh, it's when it, everyone, where we live. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, through the week, give and take, everyone's got to work. But you get a Saturday and Sunday, and in our hometown, sometimes it can be hard to walk through the door. But there was nobody there. Mm-hmm. There was nobody there. We had we were in the IMAX, which the biggest theater you know auditorium you can get. Which even at 30% occupancy would be a ton of people. Yeah, at least 200 people at 30%. And we had, I would say, 10 people maybe? I'd say no more than 15 for sure. Yeah, And
1: it helps. What I like is right now we have some smaller movies. Yeah. Such as Words on Bathroom Walls Mm -hmm. or unhinged which you would need to be to go see that in theaters (laughs) and then you know old classics like (laughs) Ghostbusters and you know Harry Potter and Raiders of Lost Art. right what I like about that is it gives the theater a chance to get into the groove yeah and it gives us a chance to go because we just love the theater we love the aspect of the theater yes and, you know, right now, there's not many big movies out.
0: Yes. To add your point, over half of the auditoriums were not showing movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was only how many auditoriums actually play movies. Would you say five or six out of, what, 15? I would say they might be at 50% because there's 15 theaters.
1: Mm-hmm. And there was there was a few empty ones. Yeah. Quite a few that we passed just
0: walking out. Yeah, that weren't playing. I um I will say one thing I was surprised at, and, and Eddie will tell you this, when in a lot of the theaters that have IMAX or theaters where you select your seat, they had a lot grayed out, mm-hmm. but I didn't know if they were graying them out because they were purposely trying to separate us or if people were sitting there. And come to find out, it was, it was a little mix of both. It was a little mix of both. But I can say
1: when I went and saw Words on Bathroom Walls, mm-hmm. that auditorium has 11 rows mm-hmm. in the stadium seating. And they had taped off, I think, five of the rows. Okay. So that way you
0: had to skip rows. And, and that makes sense because a person right in front of you is maybe a foot away but two rows in front of you, we're talking, you know, five, six feet. So and a 30% that is... occupancy. Right. It, you're very unlikely to be breathing directly on somebody or right. being directly breathed on. So now that we talked about code a little bit, and we, you know, we want to reiterate we did feel very safe. Mm-hmm. We felt like the staff was very aware. Um, the other customers were very respectful of everything. Let's talk about. The future for theaters right now. I mean, mm-hmm. they are the one industry who have totally gotten pounded into the ground. I mean, most businesses have been able to adapt. Food, you know, mm-hmm. you see, you know, doing DoorDash, you know, Uber's gone up, um, uh, well, Waiter, and even think like
1: stores like Target mm-hmm. and your Walmart. right? Like they have where you can order online. But the theater gets really, you know, the short end of the stick, like a lot of amusement places do. Yeah. Because, but even more so, I would feel, than like, say a bowling alley. Yeah. Like, because these amusement places, you're touching something, you're in like one little spot, like that's easy to clean. Right. But with a movie theater, you are sitting in one central spot yeah for X amount of time. Right. And so that's really gonna, you know, be a pass from a lot of people because yeah. you are in the confined auditorium. Yeah. You're in a confined seat. I'm hoping once we start to get the bigger movies
0: like Tenet, yes. which is coming out soon. Cousin to Inception, for those who don't know, very excited. And New Mutants, which, if it
1: does come out... We, we will be watching it. We'll be reviewing it on next week's
0: episode. Yep. But I say that because that movie has been attempting to come out for what feels uh, like four years. It's been a plague. It's gone through every problem there in their, in the industry it can. But I just... I feel bad for movie theaters because
1: they were forced to shut down for so long. And then... They didn't really have the means to open back up. Yeah. And now that they are, they're being the most scrutinized. Yeah. Just because, I mean, let's face it. If you go to a restaurant, every person is has their mask off. Mm-hmm. They're talking. They're having a fun time. I would dare say you're, you know, I don't have a PhD, you know. I'll go ahead and say that, but I dare say you are almost, you know, three times more likely to get infected going and sitting at Chili's yeah, than you are at a movie theater. Because mm-hmm. like Trey stated, almost every person was wearing a mask unless they were enjoying, you know,
0: concessions. Right. And that's the only area they could improve on because... For the most part, if you go to watch a movie and you don't eat or drink anything, you can keep your mask on. But mm-hmm. they but you know, when selling concessions, they have to realize we're gonna have to take our mask off at some point, you mm-hmm. know. So if they really wanted to get harsh on code and make people feel ultimately safe, they could they could not run the concessions. But we also know on the flip side, theaters don't make any money if they close down concession because that's their big selling point. That's their big selling point. They don't make the money The returns on are much bigger yes. on concession. They make a pretty much 100% margins on concessions. That's pretty where, high. Whereas tickets on opening wheat, they are lucky to make 10%. Sometimes they make 0%. <laughs> We're looking at you, Star Wars. Yep. But Trey, I'm going to need you to never say such
1: blasphemy again. Because... I don't care if I gotta make it myself. I will be eating
0: popcorn. <laughs> yeah, guys, for, for those who know, personally I really don't eat a lot or drink anything at the movie theater. I just go in, I can watch a movie and I can leave. My boy my boy Evo, he's you know, he's the epitome of what movies really are the icon of. You you gotta eat popcorn, you gotta have a drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm actually happy he does it because I love the smell of popcorn. I do like to eat popcorn every once in a while. I uh, I hate to pay you know seven bucks for a, a bucket, so I refuse sometimes. But it's four dollars. Well, you know for a refill. Yeah, that's true. They're going up. It's four fifty now. Y'all can't see this, but I'm staring at him <laughs> menacingly. <laughs> but you know things can be implemented. But I am happy they are running the concession for one reason only. That is their profit maker, and I want theaters to thrive. I, every movie girl wants theaters to thrive because. We want to see certain films on the big screen, you know? And it's not just we want to see certain films on the big screen.
1: I can't speak for everybody, but I'm pretty sure I can speak for myself and Trey and people like us. It's not always what you're watching. It's just that nostalgic and love of going out getting your concessions or not if you're a loser like Trey. <laughs> Going on a date. Yeah. And just sitting down and having them play it on the screen. Yeah. There's just something magical. There is. The closest I could explain to my feeling is, for those who have seen the great movie The Phantom of the Megaplex.
0: Oh, Phantom of the Megaplex. There's okay.
1: a character played by Mickey Rooney. That is named Movie Mason. And he's this, like, 80-year-old, lovable grandpa who is obsessed with movies to the point that he works there even though he doesn't work there.
0: Ah. Like, he just
1: shows up. And they keep saying, like, Movie Mason, you don't work here, but everybody's cool with it. That's right. I remember that now. And that's how I feel about movies. Yeah. Like, I just love being in a theater. Yeah. Because when you're sitting
0: there, like I said, you just, you forget about the world. Yeah. You really do. And it's just a level of entertainment. Me and Ibo were just talking the other day and I remember when we saw Endgame Mm -hmm. and you you see it opening weekend Mm -hmm. and you're with a crowd of people who want to be there who cannot wait to experience this and when you have those moments in movies where people stand up they clap they they laugh together you can just tell the audience having a good time and you're in a group with hundreds of people enjoying something together it's a whole nother level of entertainment that I have truly missed I mean going back to the theater today wow I mean it's like I said it's been six months for me and it feels like a lifetime ago. And it brought back all of these good memories and good feelings of being in a theater and seeing a, a great movie on the big screen in the ultimate experience of IMAX. And I'm really, you know, I want everyone to, of course, we, me and Eddie both want everyone to stay safe. We, we know it's um, difficult times for everybody. But I really am very happy and hope that the theater gets back on a fast track, because I'm ready for the entertainment aspect more and more, you know? And the social aspect. Yeah.
1: Because these days, I think the great dictator, which is Charlie Chaplin, if you haven't seen it, I assure you, it will give you chills, and it's one of the greatest movies you'll ever see. Mm. But he gives this commanding speech. You know, silent comedian. Yeah. Yeah. He gives a commanding speech. And one thing he says is the airplane and the radio have brought us closer than ever. We've shut ourselves in. And pandemic aside, that's very true of how we are socially. Yeah. We have all this amazing technology. Stuff people could never even dream
0: of. Right.
1: And yet people, you know, they don't hang out with each other. Yeah. They don't go see their family. They do all this virtual. And right now, the pandemic, that's paying off. Yeah. You know, you got your Zoom and your Skype. Absolutely. And people can stay safe. And p- some people have their minds at rest. Right. But the thing about the movie theater is you get all these people, and most of them don't know each other. Right. But we all come together. Yeah. And take in that moment. You're right. And it can be something where you just all sit there and enjoy the movie, Mm -hmm. or it can be like some of the opening night showings like me and Trey were talking about, where you have people next to you. You don't even know, but you talk to them at points, you look at them with excitement just because you're all there. Experiencing this. And you're all taking in this amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Avengers Endgame Mm. may go down as one of the greatest opening nights because, spoiler alert, when Mjolnir lifts up and your mind's like, wait, no, no, no. And then you see Cap wield it.
0: Oh, man. Like, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Guys, people were sitting on the steps to watch that movie. They weren't even in seats. They were dressed up in costume. I mean... Y'all probably know, but wow, what an experience. I just, overall, I just am so excited for theaters to be open again. I I really wish the best for them. I I do feel safe, and we wanted to reiterate that because a lot of people, you know, they might be in cities that have a higher number or a higher outbreak right now, but uh, we, you know, we did feel comfortable. And I think the biggest thing
1: with this pandemic is if you just use judgment yeah it and also just trust yourself yeah if you even though we personally felt safe you might not yeah and that's perfectly fine absolutely we're not encouraging anyone to go to theater we're just saying hey look we're gonna go we're gonna let you know our feelings right So that way you can make an informed decision. Absolutely. Because you're going to get some people who are making up all these facts, but we're giving you firsthand experiences and trying to, in a time where there's a lot of pain, a lot of dark, Mm -hmm. we're trying to give you a little bit of light
0: and hope. Absolutely.
1: Because that's all you need right now. Because that's the kind of guys we are. Yeah. And speaking of the guys we are, Trey, I think, We're nearing the end of this episode. Okay. You know, brand new endeavor. Can't go on forever. Right. So we are going to be ending with the list of the week.
0: So what's the list of the week, Eddie?
1: So the list of the week is going to be five movies that define us. Five movies that are integral to who we are, Mm -hmm. that have shaped us. Five movies that we could lay out and be like, this is me. Yes. All right. So, I'm going to be starting things off. Okay. This list, aside from my number one, I'm going to put in order, but the numbers could be rearranged. Okay. But I feel confident that these five movies define who I am. Okay. So, I'm going to start with number five. And that's the Lorax. Interesting. Okay. Not the Danny DeVito Lorax, although I think that was a great movie. Okay. I'm talking about the original. The animated? The animated from yes. the 1960s. Great. Dr. Seuss classic. Classic. So why I chose that movie? Number one is Trey will tell you this. I love animated movies. Yes. That has never changed since I was a kid. I love. Just the art and the effort yes, that it takes. And in your 3D anime, I can appreciate, you know, like your Shrek. Yeah. I can appreciate that. But movies where it's hand-drawn, like mm-hmm. the old school Dr. Seuss. Yeah. And even most recently in 2011, Winnie the Pooh.
0: Oh, yeah. It
1: was fully hand-drawn.
0: And, you know, they all have a good message. Too.
1: They do. Because if you're going to put that kind of effort in, Mm -hmm. then it's going to have some message. Right. And the Lorax, not only is it animated, which is a big part of me because I'm a doodler. Not only that, but also it's Dr. Seuss. Yes. And I have a huge love for Dr. Seuss. I mean, I have a Dr. Seuss tattoo. Right. I love Dr. Seuss because his message is about love and understanding. Yeah. Like, you have the Lorax, who is just this little guy who has this great story about preserving nature, mm-hmm. which is very near and dear to me. Preserving nature, preserving animals. Yeah. But what really see this. hits it, and it's something that I try and tell myself sometimes, is the Lorax at the end. I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if the listeners at home remember this. But... At the end of the movie, you see this little stump that says unless. And the unless is unless someone like you decides to make a change, nothing is gonna happen. And I really took that to heart mm. when I watched as a kid. And I also try and employ that in my life. Dude.
0: I could definitely see how that I don't want to shape by.
1: I want to try and be that change of good.
0: Yes. That, guys, that is very much Eddie for y'all who don't know. That is definitely Eddie.
1: So, that's number five. Okay. Number four is another animated movie. Okay. But this time, Stop Motion. Ooh. Which is something I have a unrealistic obsession
0: with. Missing Link, James and the Giant Peach. And that is
1: Paranorman.
0: Oh, wow. One of the greats.
1: Paranorman done by Leica, which is one of my all-time favorite studios. Mm -hmm. And the reason Paranorman strikes home to me and defines me is I saw myself in Paranorman. You have this kid. He's obsessed with horror movies. Mm -hmm. That's me. He's kind of labeled as weird. That's me. He's kind of labeled as a zero, but then he becomes to be a hero. That's not me yet. <laughs> but hey, you know, not everybody gets an overnight storybook, right? But so I really take home the character of Paranorman, but also the love and work. I don't know if people know, but Stop Motion, oh, man. these movies forever. are over an hour. They take, can take months. Oh, yeah. Because every movement you see on screen, like somebody mm. raising his hand and
0: high-fiving, I mean, that's a few hours. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an exceptional craft with stop motion.
1: And Leica to me, brings it home because they add a lot of heart to their films. Yes. Both off-screen and on-screen. I agree. And so I just love that. So Paranorman number four. Okay. So number three, and this is a little bit of a wild card. This one, you know, Trey wouldn't pick if he had to make my list. Okay. And that is The Artist.
0: Hmm.
1: So for those who do not know, The Artist is a 2011 silent movie. Now, you may hear that and be like, oh, he's just trying to be, you know, all bougie. Or, oh, he's just trying to be a film snob.
0: Get, get an Oscar here. But yeah. no, that's not us.
1: But the reason I love the artist is I love just the care that went in to presenting a silent movie. Every character has so much visual expression when they're, you know, mouthing.
0: Which takes... So much acting ability.
1: Because the lead actor, he has so much charisma that it doesn't matter you can't hear his voice. right All that matters is everything he does, you believe and you feel. And you don't need the words. You just feel it from his face, which is impressive. But the reason it defines me is... When I got done with that movie, I was crying, of course. <laughs> Just saying so you a know, very common theme with me in the theaters. <laughs> but this time it was different because I was crying because when I saw that movie, and the whole movie, you know, is about a Hollywood star who he's kind of going on the downhill and this girl he likes, she's kind of on the rise. You know, which has been done time and time again. Right. But... It was something about just watching that and being mesmerized by the movie in its whole, and it made me realize, I don't know when, but I'm going to be involved in making movies. Wow, man,
0: that's awesome. That really, and I, you know, I never knew that about you. Mm -hmm. But that's not
1: one I tell a lot of people. But when I left the artist, all I could think about was. I need to be
0: involved in making movies. And perfect movie to add to your list because, yeah, I could totally see that shaping you. Totally see that. But I'm excited about your number four now. You mean my number two? Well, yeah, I guess if we're going yeah. up. Yeah.
1: So, my number two, and this is a big one. So, my favorite time of year is the final months of the year. Mm. It's cold outside, you know, I'm kind of a polar bear, I like it, you know, be real cold. Oh, yeah. October, mm-hmm. so amazing. Muff. You got the fall, you got the pumpkins, you yes. got Halloween, which oh. me and Trey absolutely love. Yes, our favorite time of the year, hands down. You got November. hmm Like I said, you still got that fall, but it's a lot about family, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then wintertime, for us, we celebrate Christmas. Yep. And Christmas is my favorite time of year because, for me, it's about giving to other people. Yeah. I'm very big on giving gifts. And I love Christmas movies. Yeah. Like, I could watch Christmas movies sun up to sundown. Oh, yeah. I wait for December, though, to try and be good. <laughs> you know, watching classics like Die Hard.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, Christmas movie, for those who don't know. But
1: my number two movie, because I have watched this with my parents almost every single Christmas morning. And not just that, but to me, it is one of the greatest Christmas movies. But more so than that, the reason it defines me is I have always grown up thinking that this character is me. And that is It's a Wonderful Life.
0: Mm. God, great movie.
1: Because George Bailey... He is someone who has these grand ideals. Yeah. But because of different circumstances, he gets stuck in an ordinary life. Yeah. And I feel like that sometimes. And, you know, I feel the ups, I feel the downs that he deals with. But at the end of it, he realizes how happy he is. Yeah. Just to be surrounded by people that he loves and love him.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I feel like that. Because, you know, things may not always be great. Yeah. But I got friends like Trey. I got my family who supports all my wild and out controlledness. <laughs> and I just think that it's such a heartfelt movie.
0: It is. Such a good Christmas movie. With a with a tough but amazing message.
1: Yes. But my number one movie... Ooh,
0: dun-dun-dun.
1: And it just so happens it's my number one film. My number one film of all time, and that is Jurassic Park.
0: Oh, perfect.
1: So, the reason Jurassic Park defines me... So, growing up, during the summer, I would stay with my grandparents Mm. who lived out in the country. Okay. They had a rabbit ear TV. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Yes. And which got one channel. Mm -hmm, I know it well. But they had a VCR. Funny thing, they did not have any VHS tapes. (laughs) So what I would do, because all day I would play outside. Mm -hmm. But then every single night when I came inside and was going to bed, I would watch my VHS of Jurassic Park. Yes. And it got to the point... That my mom bought a second copy <laughs> so that we could leave one at their house and one at my house. Because I, when I watch that movie, even to this day, I don't see that as puppets and CG and
0: animatronics. Yeah, When I watch that movie, the dinosaurs are real. They, they are. I mean, that is what I love about Jurassic Park. That movie has not aged. It doesn't age with effects. It doesn't age with the plot of the movie. It's just as fun of an adventure. The first watch as it is, in our case, the 56th watch, you know? I mean, mine's probably like 500 and something. And it's still
1: amazing. I did watch it every single night. You did. But that movie just has such an amazing cast. It has such great effects. And to this day I can still watch that movie at any given time. Yeah. And that's why I think of these five films, Jurassic Park is the number one movie that defines me because it shows my love
0: and passion for just sitting down and enjoying a movie. Yeah. Guys, yeah, that that could not describe Eddie better if you know him like Mm -hmm. I do. I could see every single one of those, how that had a moment in defining you. Oh, God. But you know what? Enough about me. Let me turn it over to the Greek god himself. Oh, T-Ray. Oh, God. They did have a party god. That would be where I fall under. (laughs) But, okay, guys. So, some of my five that defined me, um, I had to really think about these, but now that I've been looking at them, it's 100% the right the right choices I'll start out with my number 5 My number 5 is the 2002 Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire And the reason why is that movie is what started my love for comic book movies You know when we think about you know superhero movies we're in, we're in a, a time now where the MCU has set a standard, I mean, a, an incredible standard. And we're also in a time where superhero movies are twice a year, three times a year. I mean, shoot, we we got Wonder Woman, Batman, Black Widow, I mean... Allegedly New Mutants. New Mutants, all in the same year, and that's a norm now. But back then, that wasn't a norm. We know that superhero movies were few and far between. Um, Especially good ones. Yeah. I mean... Went from Howard the Duck to,
1: like, what, then Blade? <laughs> yeah. And then Spider-Man. Yeah. And Spider-Man was the movie that really sold, like, look, we had, you know, we had your old Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. Yeah,
0: We had, uh, what was it? Dolph, Dolph Lundgren as Lundgren the, pun- as the pun- yeah. Punisher. Yeah, I mean, we, we had some cheesy ones where they, you know, producers and directors saw that superhero movies had to be cheesy comic bookie, but then you get craft involved with good directors behind the chair, and you can make films that are better than your your just average film. Because Blade was quality, but Blade felt like an action
1: with a little bit of horror. Yeah, it never felt like a Marvel but superhero. But then movie. that Spider oh, Man movie hit. And we had had Batman. Like, let's give DC. Yeah, we did have and, Batman. You know,
0: Spawn. Like, yeah. Let's give some other companies love. But, but he, they were still few and far between. But then Spider Man came oh. out. Spider Man. And for y'all who don't know, Spider Man is my favorite Marvel, you know, superhero. I, you know, I, there's so many great ones. I love tons and tons of them. But Spider-Man's, I have to put this on the list because it defined my love for superhero movies and to get into comics. And I felt like I kind of got into comics late. I started reading comics when I was like, you know, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. When kids were reading them at like 7. But that's because I watched, you know, the Toby McGuire Spider-Man when I was 12. Really got into them. So I could easily say that this movie, because of my love for it, defined who I am today with my love for comics and superhero movies. But next, my number four, well, I'm totally switching gears and going towards a comedy Mm. with old school. Oh, man. It's hard for people around our age, 29, 30, to not think about comedies without thinking of old school, man. We're going streaking to the quad. I mean, you're we're go- my boy, Blue. We're going to exciting places like Home Depot. You know, <laughs> might stop by Lowe's. You know, I yeah. mean, that had the original Great Rat Pack. You know, where you started having, you know, all the movies with Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell. You know, yeah, Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller. You know, they. This was really the start of their group that showed up in movies together but I just love this movie because of its replay value you could watch it a million times I love the fraternity aspect I actually myself joined a fraternity and I just feel like for that aspect alone it had a, an impact in my life mm-hmm. you know um, but what a, what a what a favorite of mine no doubt my number three though and I think the next three you'll definitely can see this my number three would be Goldeneye. Okay. I can see that. Goldeneye, guys, is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's in my top 13 of all time. This movie had a huge impact on my life. Not just the movie, but the game. I mean, the game on N64, that was like. I still have that game. Still have my N64, play it, you know, from time to time, and just run through the whole game and beat it in like a couple of hours, you mm-hmm. know? But this movie. Had a huge impact on me. It, you know, I was born in 1990. This movie came out in 95, I think. Mm-hmm. Sounds and right. My mother was a huge 007 fan. My dad loved 007, and that was my first 007 movie. You know, with Pierce Brosnan, which is one of my favorites. And I watched this movie, and I always was like, look, I want to be just like Pierce Brosnan. You know, the hero of you know his own story. You know, he's always a step ahead, always wins, always gets the girl, you know, and is so suave and charismatic. Uh, yeah, I have not achieved either one of those things, but, uh, you know, a man can still dream, but... He wanted to be Bond, instead he's Sean Bean. But I tell you, I mean, it defined my life just because it gave me a love for spy thrillers, I mean, I am the biggest 007 fan. For people who don't know yet, and I, I love the Bourne movies. I love uh, any, really, any kind of spy movie. I'm, I'm just so interested in them. But yeah, this had a huge impact on me because that's what started my love for spy movies and a love for that type of character. You know, it's almost a thick. You know, it's a, it is a. You know, obviously fictional, but it's almost like a. You know, this character is just, has a way with it. You know, just a, a wonder character you, everyone, I feel like every guy would love to be like. Hey, we don't know what MI6 got going on. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But, um, okay, so for my number two, my number two would, without a doubt, have to be Predator. I, one of the greatest of all time. Oh, one of the absolute greatest movies of all time. I broke my leg when i was 3 years old he was pushing pencils <laughs> i it was a crazy experience i was in the hospital and i still remember that memory when i was when i was 3 in the hospital and i remember i would always want them to play predator and in that room was a vhs like you remember the old school where they had the tv up mm-hmm. mounted in the corner of the walls and they had the little VHS player underneath. Cally. You remember those? Is it
1: the Ritz Carlton of hospitals? Man,
0: I tell you what. I'm just glad I was in that room because my parents brought Predator and I watched it with Barney. Okay, I also watched my fair share of Barney when I was a kid. But I watched that Predator movie on mute because of the language. My parents would not only watch it of the language. Oh Lord. But I fell in love with that movie and creature feature movies. From then on out, oh, yeah. I, you know, just like Eddie, I have such a huge love for horror movies and creature mm-hmm. features. And Predator, undeniably, was the start of it all for me. Started watching as a little kid, probably have watched the movie 40, 50 times, and it's still not enough. I mean, I could watch it, you know, 50 more. The world is not enough. World's not enough, little bond there. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Predator definitely defined my life because if I didn't watch that when I was little, who knows if I would even be into movies, let alone horror movies. Yeah. But I got started at such a young age, that's what got me got me into it. But We're at the number one. We're at the number one here. And, you know, already y'all have gotten a chance to get to know us within this hour. And this will come to no surprise to anybody, but Inception is my number one. And anyway. it's really... With that being my number one favorite movie of all time, it defined me in a way because I had a new expectation for movies after I saw it. He's a big Nolanite. I love Christopher Nolan. Uh, There's not a bad movie he's done, in my opinion. But the thing is, Inception was a a masterpiece to me. It It was a director in his finest craft. When... Every second of the movie had a reasoning behind it, had a moment, and you felt that the actors believed in what they were doing. And the story was so in-depth and involved, you feel like you go on like a Lord of the uh, Rings quest, but in modern espionage time, that once you watch it, in my opinion, you're like, wow... Why, why can't all movies be this in-depth, mm-hmm. um, this solid of, you know, a movie with great performances? Mm-hmm. And so ever since I watched this movie back in 2010, I've probably watched this movie more than any movie. And it's a lengthy movie. But now, any time going forward, I expect movies to have this type of smart writing, thinking behind it, um, dialogue, mm-hmm. acting, the whole nine... And it's defined me just because I expect a whole new level of craft mm-hmm. for movies because I see what can be accomplished, you know. I know it's I you know, everyone's favorite, but to me, this movie had a huge impact in my love for cinema that was elevated because of it. I could see that. You know, but, well, I mean, I, golly, it's, we cannot, you know, speak this enough we're so excited to be here with you guys on this new endeavor and start this journey with y'all we we don't want to do this alone we we definitely want this to be a two-way relationship we we want y'all to reach out to us we want to you know be very involved with our viewers uh, want y'all to be involved with us and we want criticism we want compliments we want ideas
1: yeah in a lists lists this is the beginning so you know we're working on getting all the audio you know taken care of we're working on getting you know our ideas our content so you know if there's something that you really didn't like tell us why you know if the sound is wonky you know let us know because we want to not only grow as a podcast but we want to grow as a community. We want this to be a place where people can come just relax and listen to movies. Yes. And so you can do that by contacting us. And it just so happens we make it very easy for you to contact us. You can check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Toast2Film That's mm. to the number two. Toast2Film. You can check us out on Twitter, at film underscore toast, or you can email us at bingingandbrewing at gmail.com. I love it. And we just want to thank everyone for being here. And for myself and Trey, we just want to say good night and good viewing.